Hello, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts, a podcast where you, our listeners, can become part of a conversation with us. We are three therapists who are going to talk about the good, the hard, and all the in-betweens of life. Come join us. Welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts. This is KJ. This is Taylor. And Jessica. And today we are going to be talking about having a second child. We have gotten a lot of questions about this topic because we have a lot of young parents who listen to the podcast who are kind of in that life stage of having a second child. And that is definitely a transition and can create some chaos in the family dynamic. So we wanted to talk about how you can handle that. Yes, it is such a big transition. I I know we're going to be mostly talking about transitions for the children, but I'll share a, a funny little story. I distinctly remember being in the hospital about to deliver Boone, who's my second child, and Scout, my first, she was she had barely just turned 18 months old. And I remember being in the hospital with my mom, bawling, just being so emotional and crying, being like, Mom, what if I don't love him as much as I love Scout? (laughs) (laughs) And she just looked at me. She's like, it's going to be fine. (laughs) I love your mom. (laughs) And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) And now you don't love him as much as I don't. I really don't. She was wrong. Oh, Kimola does not come through, man. <laughs> she tells it how it is. She got me through that moment. She was like, we got bigger fish to fry here, sister. You yeah, you don't have, have a, a human come out of your body. You gotta have a baby, so. so let's get together. Let's cut the drama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Quit the waterworks. Um, but yeah, having a second child can be really interesting. Like KJ mentioned, we've had lots of inquiries about that. Specifically, people that are already have a second child are struggling with their first child's maybe behaviors, attachments, um, abilities to cope. And so we're just going to kind of talk through ages, what you can expect, maybe how to handle uh, some of these situations. So for me... I have two children and I had, let's see, they're 18 months apart. So they are very close together. And so we're going to start with what to expect from children who are under 24 months old. So for a child who is under 24 months old, this is the hardest time to have a sibling come along because as a kid that age, you need a certain amount of mom (laughs) And when you don't get that, it's really, really difficult, obviously. So what you can expect from a kid at this age is they'll probably be visual or visibly upset. Uh, They might be clingy and all that stuff. But the one thing about kids this age is it's hard to prepare them before. In my experience, Scout was very little. So maybe if they were a little bit older. But we'd be like, Scout, there's a baby. (laughs) She was like, yeah, cool. Bye. Like she just like, there was like zero prep that one. Yeah, she wasn't even like really speaking that much, right? You know, like how are you supposed to be like, oh, your sister, I mean, your brother is in the belly. And she's like 
brother. You yeah, know? She, like she has no concept. Could not say, yeah. yeah, zero concept, zero understanding. So there was, there's just not a lot of prep work that you can do for here for this. So you just mm-hmm. kind of like dive in with both feet, you know. And the kid, the thing about kids this age is if they're because they usually don't have those skills to be able to communicate how they're feeling. And so what can happen is they might not even show signs that they're upset about it until the baby like gets a little bit older and starts stealing their things. So they can kind of be grieving on the inside, but they're not outwardly showing it. Yeah, I think it just comes down to a lot of looking at their behaviors because they can't express things very clearly, Mm -hmm. but you will see a lot of clinginess, a lot more tantrums, a lot more um, just those regressions that aren't necessarily very obvious. We'll talk later about how like kids over three will go back to drinking out of bottle. That's a very obvious regression trying to be like the baby, but they'll do things like waking up multiple times during the night And you're like, oh, my gosh, you were sleeping so well before, you know, and just things like that where their behaviors are saying, I'm not really okay, but I'm not fully awful, terrible, but something's going on. And I don't really know why. And I don't know if it's going to change. And, you know, but they don't have any words to express it. And they don't they don't even have the words to express like I'm sad. I'm happy usually Mm -hmm. at that age. And so. It's really just kind of a crapshoot as a parent, like, let's try and help you. But how do we really, it's just about trying to spend time with them and normalize their life to as similar as before the baby as possible, but they're just going to get used to it. And yeah, as you said, as they grow up, they'll have those words to express and they might start taking it out on the younger child Mm -hmm. once they can. Yeah. Yeah. And it really is funny because it's like, you'll talk to, I feel like I talked to so many different people when I, when we were waiting for Boone to come and it was like 50, 50. Some people are like, oh yeah, my kid was like totally fine. Like it was, it was like a peaceful transition. And other people were like, this was the hardest thing of our lives. <laughs> so it's just kind mm. of like luck in the know. draw. You just don't know. Yeah. Um, and it does, it comes down to like temperament. Yeah. And, and as we're talking about like ages and stuff, but there really are some kids who are going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy this child is here and wonderful. And then there's other kids who are going to be totally neutral about it. But the majority of kids, it's a big transition and they're going to have some problems for sure. Yeah. So if that's currently happening for you or has happened for you, know that that's normal. (laughs) It's expected. A lot of people experience it. So how do you handle a child who's under two years old who um, has a baby coming into the home. So what you can do is try to have 15 minutes of alone time with the child and that's baby just shouldn't be in, shouldn't be with you. Like you shouldn't be holding the baby. Um, And I know this is hard and everything like that, but it is really important to just kind of like have 15 minutes of alone time where you can read some books, play a game, give them all of your attention. Not that divided attention that they just get all day long because that's just what it's like when you have two kids. Your attention is always divided between the two of them based on who needs what, but just really making it a point that this is our time. This is our special time. Another- and letting them lead. Ooh, good. Like remembering, yes. Tell us yeah, about and that. yeah, in that time you want to kind of treat it like we would in play therapy where the child gets to choose what they do, they get to choose what you do, and you be a hundred percent present, no phone, someone else has the baby. If you can't handle 
the baby crying and not doing something about it, be far enough away that you can't hear it, you know, just be fully a hundred percent present with that child and do whatever they need to. Yes. Well, and in some instances, you know, a second child coming into the home could be one of those little T traumas, like Mm -hmm. one of those or a big T trauma. It could be Mm -hmm. that just totally rocks their world and their concept of what the family dynamic is and what parents are like. And so doing some of that play therapy where you just allow them to process through their play and lead it is probably really healing. Yeah, there's a type of therapy called child-parent relationship therapy, CPRT. So basically, you're taught how to do it as parents. And so you can look up someone in your community who teaches that. And you can do that if your child is at this really young age where they don't have words, but they will be able to play their feelings. So that's a good opportunity to have what we call special playtime. And someone can teach you how to set it up. And it's super easy and it's really great. But it is that 15 minutes a day special playtime and then you're done and you move on and you go on with the kind of split attention between the older and younger child. And obviously this all, just so you guys know, this all applies to having third and fourth and fifth and sixth and 17th and 18th children too. Hey, Duggars. (laughs) I know. What's up? My great grandma had 14 children. Oh my gosh. My grandma. (laughs) Yes. She didn't know what was going on. They just kept coming. (laughs) Yeah. My grandma is one of 14 siblings, which is crazy. Gosh. So that it does happen. It does. It does happen to some. But that also then I feel like we'll talk about this more in a future episode with sibling rivalry and birth order and stuff. And But it becomes like there's different families within mm, that family, yes, you know? Yes. So it's like you might have a couple who respond really well to having the sibling, but then you get like a youngest who's displaced. Mm-hmm. Even if it's in the middle of the family, like your third child might really struggle with the fourth coming but then the, the fourth and the fifth are like, fine. And it's just funny how that happens. Yeah. Ah, so those are some good tips for how to spend some good time with your kids or with your child, even if it's just 15 minutes. This one, this point that I like on how to handle to and under, I really like this one. It's smile every time your child comes in the room. And I know because like when you have a new baby, you're like always smiling at that baby and baby's like attached to you. You know, you're like, you're nursing, you're holding, you're changing, you're soothing. And there's a lot of like face to face time with that baby, like smiling at baby, making faces, like adoring them because they're like awesome. And then like with your other child, they don't get that as much because they're not right there in your space all the time. So every time that child comes in the room, smile, show them that they're, that you're just genuinely happy to see them you know, acknowledge them, show them that you're happy because as when you're showing that new baby, all that love, your kids are also seeing a new side of you that they haven't seen before. That's mom and dad that are exhausted, mom and dad that are irritable, mom and dad that are freaking out because they can't get baby to stop crying. They've seen all these things before, but it was when they were a little tiny baby and didn't understand. So they're just seeing all these different sides of you that they didn't before and really trying to put those pieces together and figure out who you are and what's happening. And it makes sense for that child to be like, well, it's this baby. This baby is doing this to us. Mm -hmm. So what do we need to do? We should probably send it back, you know, like get this kid out of here. I'm going to help mom and dad and get rid of this. (laughs) No problem. So just like try to be consistent in that happiness and that excitement to see them 
that you are happy that they're around and that they still matter to you. Mm-hmm. Um, with kids that are two and under, I did, I, I really remember this one memory, this little tea trauma for Taylor. And I remember like being in my house, holding Boone, literally just trying to get to the car so that we could go to the store and get some more milk. And Scout was screaming and she was like, pick me up. Like, or she was like, up, up, up. And I was like, I can't, like, I cannot pick you up. And I remember being so distraught that I was crying. Boone was crying. Scout was crying. Like we were just all crying, you know? So it's important to try not to negotiate with your children because that can get really tricky and you can make bad habits. So in that situation with Scout, she's like screaming at me to carry her and I can't. I need to validate that feeling like you are really sad that I can't pick you up right now. I'm sad too, but I can hold your hand to the car. Can we hold hands? And then once we get to the car and I can put Boone down, I can hold you for a few minutes. And, you know, if they're not in that place where she can recognize that and hold my hand, then we just kind of have to stay there until she is. So it's just like normalizing it, recognizing it, validating her and not getting into those like, okay, do this and then I'll give you this. Or, you know, like bending to that is just kind of like keeping structure keeping boundaries and just like slowly moving through it. And I think in that situation, it took us about 20 minutes to get to the car. Mm-hmm. And that's just like what happens sometimes. And it is horrible, but it's like, yeah. And those 20 minutes are so long and so yes. awful, but 20 minutes will end mm-hmm. and then you can move on with your life and you'll always remember it. Mm-hmm. But for scout, that's like one time of you not meeting her needs, mm-hmm. you know? And so then you try and make sure Like when you get to the car, you hold her and you do what you can because then you can meet that need. But it's okay. Your child will be okay. Even though they're screaming bloody murder. It's one of those things where you say, actually, my sleep consultant with Enna, we had this through Elliot's work. And she told us, it's not your job to make your child stop crying. It's just your job to provide everything they need, you know. And so that's what you want to do in that moment. Is Scout crying because she is in danger or I'm being mean or, you know, all of this? No, she's just adjusting to something new. And so it's okay to say, I'm just going to be here with you while you cry. I can't fix it, though. And it's okay that you can't fix it in that moment. Because fixing it would, like you said, require bribes and whatever. And that's not going to be ultimately good for her. Yeah. And I'm not saying I never did that. <laughs> well, <laughs> just yeah. be clear about that. I did. But like, as I reflect, I'm like, oh, I think that kind of pushed us back. And that didn't really help me when we were trying to like set structure and boundaries. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. But trying not to negotiate when you can is a good idea. Mm-hmm. And so this next section of what to expect for two to three year olds, and I'd say that this is the more common kind of age where we're adding a siblings like two to three years is where we see like a lot of new babies coming in. Um, So you'll experience a lot of weeping, whining, clinging, and then the big jealousy factor, just being jealous that they aren't the center of the universe anymore because it was just them for so long and now it's not. So in terms of that, this is where you might see some regressions. So maybe if your kid was like using a cup, like or using a sippy cup consistently for months, you might see them like regress and want to use a bottle or maybe they were in their 
own bed for a few months and now they're in your bed every night or they might be having nightmares they might regress when it comes uh when it comes time for like potty training and stuff like that so you'll see some regressions in that clinginess and whininess and the issue here is that the child is wanting to be independent because that's a big part of that phase but they're also wanting to be like a baby again to get attention so it's very like conflicting for them um so yeah this is what you'll see and they they just want to do what the baby does because the baby gets lots of attention and they want to do that too that's pretty it's pretty simple but the but the clinginess and the jealousy can be really exhausting as a parent (laughs) super exhausting and you just kind of want to figure out how to make it stop So in terms of how to handle a two to three year old, you can give them words for their emotions because they're feeling these really, really big, powerful things. And you want to give them words so that they can learn that type of emotional language. So you can say things like, it seems like you're feeling angry towards the baby, or it seems like you're wanting to be like a baby right now, huh? Or just those sorts of things to get them to kind of understand it. One thing that I heard recommended, which I thought was a really good good idea is pretend that the child is a baby like do some pretend time with them so I read an article and this lady was talking about she'd like grab her her three-year-old and and rock them in the chair as their legs like spilled over the side and she'd they in the little child would be like goo goo gaga and they'd laugh and it was silly and they thought it was really funny and stuff like that so you can kind of like take their want to be a baby make it like a silly funny thing to where they can kind of make sense of it more like okay I don't really want to be a baby you know yeah. but they really and you enjoy can that structure time. it yeah yes. so that they have that time so if you're like they want to be held all the time but you can't do it right then then you can say oh we're gonna save that for later when we're going to do your special time where you get to be the baby and we're going to read stories and I'm going to rock you in the baby's rocking chair and Mm -hmm. do all of this. I actually had um, a mom who was really, really good at allowing their kids to do this. Parents do not like this. I will tell you this because in when kids are foster children, we often recommend when they come into the home that the parents do this to nurture and build that bond that they didn't get because they were with a different parent at the time. And often they were not given that nurturing at that time. Mm -hmm. Parents do not like it. They're like, "Um, my child does not need to go back to drinking out of a bottle or whatever, but it's totally fine. They will get over it because no child wants to drink out of a bottle forever. Mm -hmm. It takes forever. It's slow. It's just to meet a need. It's okay to give into it. But I had a, parent who was super good at this and they because they were foster kids they would actually play baby and mommy's belly and so she would hold them right there really close snuggle them up and then she would just like rock them and sing them songs and the kids loved it and every night that's what they did right before bed as part of their bedtime routine Mm -hmm. and it really helped to make that bedtime routine more calm and to help them kind of move along and whatever and that's like a different form of that obviously that's foster children but the same thing will apply with your child who's been displaced like just allow them that time to regress and then they will come right back you're not going to be stuck there forever we promise yeah I think that's a super good point because believe it or not I have worked with kids teenagers in treatment who have purchased uh, pacifiers and sippy cups to use them as like self-soothing and 
Um, just looking at their histories, a lot of that could be because they missed out on some of that nurturing when they were younger. So that's, it's a legit thing. Like if you can move past the mental block of this isn't age appropriate for my kid and just understand that some of that regression is totally normal. And if you give them some of this time, um, it'll even out and be fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like well, when we talked about with Scout, because she was so little, she wasn't able to do a lot of preparation. But you can do preparation with kids that are that two to three year old phase um, or age before the new baby comes in. And some of the things that you can do, because um, a lot of times with our, I remember with Scout, our bedtime routine with her was pretty long and involved because it was like enjoyable time for our whole family. Like we all loved it. You know, we loved bath time. We loved like lotion and reading and singing. And I would sit in the chair with her and I would rock her and rock her. Not until she fell asleep, but until she was really, really calm. And then I'd lay her down. It was just like, We all just loved it. Logan and I would switch off. It was really, really enjoyable. Um, But we recognized that this would not be, um, it wouldn't be realistic when we had a new baby. And so months before that, we, and you can talk to your kid about this when they're two to three years old, but months before that, we shortened bedtime just to make it more concise, but also very consistent. We still did all of those things. We just didn't do them for as long. So I got Scout to the point where I would rock her for one song and I would lay her down pretty awake and she was able to go to sleep. So that's a good thing to try to do is with your bedtime because bedtimes are hard with newborns you know they want to mm-hmm. eat and all that stuff they usually don't go to bed until later until after your the older witching child hour i just went through oh that gosh, newborns is. are awful at that time mm-hmm. and so you're gonna have your newborn screaming bloody murder yeah. you're gonna be trying to get your older child to sleep and you're gonna be like please just go to sleep yeah but that's that feeling is not going to help. Well, and your them. energy in yeah, that moment exactly. is not very soothing. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. just it all kind of like collides. So yeah, shortening that, making it really, uh, really concise, can be helpful. Also, I thought this was a really good idea: is transitioning as many things to dad as possible. Because like I don't know, for us, I was home most of the day. Logan wasn't, so I just did a lot of the things, even at night. Still, you know, like I would still do a lot. So as many things that that you can transition to dad or whoever else is going to be home um, with your child is really, really good. And it's really important for dad, for example, to verbalize how excited he is to spend time. You know, like, I'm so excited that I get to do bedtime with you tonight. This is so great, you know, and just showing that he's super excited. So you can do that ahead of time, transition as many things over as you can so that when dad is doing bedtime, it's not like, where's mom? She abandoned me for that thing over there. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, we're doing like bedtime. This is very normal. You know, mm-hmm. so transitioning yeah. can be really helpful. Um, also, if you're going, if there's going to be changes in the home because of the baby, doing them ahead of time. So if um, the crib is going to be needed for the baby, transition your child to a bigger bed months before that point. Yeah, or if they're so changing not, rooms. Yeah, yeah. Make those changes ahead of time. So it's not like, well, that baby took my bed bed you know it's mm-hmm. like oh baby gets the bed or the crib that you don't use anymore because you have a big bed you know and you've already been in it for three or four months so try to do those things ahead of time giving your child enough time to transition and one more thing for how to handle is don't blame the baby for any changes in the home because it fosters resentment which makes a yeah. lot of sense so if it's like oh you know we we can't really do that anymore because of new baby well then your kid's gonna be like well 
why do we have it then? You Again, know, send that kid back. Yeah, we don't want her here. Get out of here. You know, it can just be like, oh, we do things differently. You know, we decided to do things differently, not because of baby. So mm-hmm. those are some ways that you can try to handle that or some of those behaviors that can be tough. And then uh, for our older age child or children, so like four to six years old, these ones are just basically like, well, most kids have like a pretty good experience, most, not all, because they just have so many different layers of their life right now. They have like school, they have friends, they have play dates, they have lots of different um lots of different arenas in their life, but they also have a better understanding of emotion because they're older. However, your attachment with that child is their most significant attachment. So sometimes children that age can feel like they're being left behind because you're kind of starting this new life and dynamic with this baby. So again, one-on-one time is really important. You can go to the grocery store, walk through Target. It can be like normal. You don't have to like take them to Disneyland and you know, you don't have to do big extravagant things. All they need is time with you to connect and also be their advocate. So if the baby breaks their favorite toy, get them a new one. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, you know, don't just be like, well, you have to get over it. We have a baby. Like show them that you're on their side, that you care about them, that you care about their interests and their feelings. So that's kind of like for our older kids. And then as always, if your child, Bod already made the excellent point that the child's behavior, it can go on for a long time. Like I think with Scout, it was a, it was about a year. It was about a year till Scout leveled out. Mm -hmm. It's not always that long. Sometimes it'd be shorter. Sometimes it can be longer, but it was a year for her. Um, But if you are feeling like your children's behavior is persisting, getting worse, being hard to manage, or you just can tell that they're really suffering, don't be hesitant to call a counselor, a therapist, or play therapist, or like Jessica mentioned earlier, getting into a specialized type of therapy where you can figure out how to do that type of play at home with them. Um, just don't don't be hesitant to get some resources, some specialized resources where somebody can assess your child in your home and your circumstances because we're all very, very different. Mm-hmm. We really want you guys to remember that this transition is going to be longer than you think it is. This is not going to be, oh, two weeks and my child is back to normal. We are talking about months. But just remember that when you come home and you go to your six-week postpartum checkup and you're like, hey, everything is pretty much back to normal, your older child is still right in the midst of that storm of, oh my gosh, my life is still very different. So you might feel adjusted and you're expecting that your child will be adjusted, but that's not realistic, especially for these younger children who don't have concept of time and whatnot. And you need to do something like 500 times before they get it. And so after 500 days of having the baby home and having this schedule, they're like, oh, I get it now. And so be kind to your child and be kind to yourself as you guys go through this. It's going to be longer than you think, Mm -hmm. especially if there's anything else that comes with it, like a move or if dad has to go back to work immediately, like those things can just really throw things off and just be kind with yourself. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Be kind, be kind. (laughs) And just as like, you know, a message of hope here at the end. (laughs) I think this type of thing can actually make your kids very resilient. Just looking at my own life, only child, never had to go through 
uh, giving up the attention or experiencing a big change like that, like things. She's never up, known hardship. Yeah, I just very, <laughs> you know, just we pity her childhood. Um, <laughs> but I can see it now in adulthood. Mm-hmm. I really don't like change. Even if it's a change I really want, I still really struggle with wrapping my mind around it. And I do wonder sometimes if some of it is because there just weren't a lot of things in my early childhood that caused a lot of change besides like yeah, my own you didn't practice that. Yeah, besides my own like development and life stages. So Yeah, Absolutely. and like Scout had a really long transition, but now she is the most nurturing, kind, loving. She takes care of Boone all the time she literally just he's her favorite person in the world they enjoy each other so much so it can really it's just part of life it's part of life you know just something yeah. else to push remind through. yourself there are six billion people on this earth mm-hmm. i'm gonna guess five billion of them have a sibling <laughs> they all got through it and you guys will too yeah. it's totally fine you can't people absolutely it get through it so well thanks for tuning in bye see ya bye bye thanks for joining us today we want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about we want you to have a voice in this process so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes you can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com and if you search thoughtspod You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All original music is composed by Milan Vrijic from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us.